in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbossadown.com. Now here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. And once again, we are live from the Leshwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about this. I don't know who's been a part of one of these buy-nothing groups. It seems like a great idea. If it was such a great idea, why are a lot of the buy-nothing groups going away? Also, Florida schools banning Ruby Bridges. I didn't say Ruby Ridges, because a lot of us are familiar with that story. I said Ruby Bridges, which a lot of young people aren't familiar with. And evidently, they're not going to be familiar with this story in schools in Florida. We'll get to that, though. Let's get to this. Ron came over today. I'm listening to a podcast I really like uh, by Rich Roll, talking about chat GPT. We just did a story on ChatGPT uh, five episodes ago, if you want to check it out. A lot of people are talking about this, and I think one of the reasons people are talking about this is because they don't understand the technology. So there are people out there that are saying, hey, I want to understand this. I want to adapt, improvise, and overcome this, and I want to incorporate this in my business. Other people are looking at this and going, holy crap, I'm going to stick my head in the sand because this thing is about to take my job. And I've talked to a number of people that don't understand the technology, especially older people, and it seems like they don't want to. And sometimes when things uh, are, sometimes when there's things out there that we don't understand, a lot of times maybe we'll demonize it, right? We'll demonize that. Even the onset of the internet today, which is still fairly unregulated. Ron, I would be more afraid of what's happening on the internet today than I would chat GPT. I think this can really be an amazing tool in our culture, but we know, like anything, it's going to be harnessed for good and it's going to be harnessed for harm. It just is. Yeah, I think the, the technology has proven to be so powerful that there should be some sort of oversight on this. The difficulty you have is the majority of elected officials in America are old and they are not digital natives. They don't understand. If you look at just... I just remember when Mark Zuckerberg had, you know, was brought before Congress and they, they were going to give him the tough questions. A lot of them was just like the questions were so basic and out of touch and not really understanding anything about the technology that you're like, okay, these are the lawmakers. They're going to create some sort of thoughtful uh, guardrails for children on on the internet. It's like, that's never going to happen. So I think it's moving so quickly that um, the, the, the most reasonable thing that I heard was from one of the, the people that is an educator about AI teaches college courses on AI. And they said back in the day, um, Computer engineering had the mindset of engineering, meaning that if you were an engineer and you're like, I'm going to create a new gearbox for a, a tractor, you, you defined what you were doing, 
You would then create a prototype and then it would be reviewed by other engineers to see if it did what you thought it was going to do. Like, I'm going to create a new gearbox and it's going to add 10 more horsepower and it's going to be more fuel efficient. Well, you would create your thing. They would look at it and say, yes, it does what it does. Here's some of our safety concerns. Maybe this part, like you would analyze it and then put it into production after it was tested, made sure it was safe, made sure it did what it said it was going to do. And they're like, for whatever reason in computer engineering, we've now, we don't do that anymore. We just say, I'm going to build a thing and see what happens. I'm going to build a thing that is, uh, we don't really know what the, um, what it's intended to do. We're going to kind of leave it open-ended and that has disastrous consequences. And for instance, this, uh, artificial intelligence that can create new photographic images or photorealistic images of any scenario like like that that is cool but and it's interesting but it can also be used really really negatively right out of the box so wouldn't it have been better before you release that into the public have other computer engineers come together and go how do we how do we safeguard against these things? Um, and it doesn't seem like there's any mechanism right now to do that. That's that's my biggest critique of this technology is that it's just set loose in the wild uh, without any safety rails, and there's no way to put it back the genie back in the bottle. Like there's no mechanism to go. Oh, this racist group created, you know clearly racist content that is harming people are these people that are uh you know biased against lgbtq issues are deliberately creating content that is going to harm people uh deliberately creating content that is false uh, there's no there's no safety rails on this stuff yeah and I, and i hope like like in kids continuing education this should be something that you're talking about in middle school. This should be a, something that they explore in high school and not just when you get to college and, and you get to like a secondary education. The, these are conversations that should be happening now. And as a parent, because my I, I think this technology is really going to change the human race. I, I do. do as well. I think I think it's I think this is this is one of those big moments in, in the same way that Internet completely changed everything. Uh, and we see what the internet does sometimes in people's lives when it's unregulated, right? We see that. Or even the United States now figured, well, we need to jump in here because now China is here in the United States through the internet and TikTok. And how do we stop this from them spreading misinformation? But they haven't proven that China has spread in misinformation. So is that a scare tactic to take TikTok away from all of us? Or is this something we should really be concerned about? Well, both Democrats and Republicans, many older people, we see some younger people and people that maybe look more like us when it comes to race and ethnicity and in the House, we don't see that in the Senate. To Ron's point, it's a bunch of old white guys that are still fear-mongering sometimes when it comes to technology. I really want to understand it so I can have a quality uh, conversation with my son 
And so we can incorporate some of those things too. We don't have Alexa in my house and it's not because we, it's, it's not because we don't understand the technology. We do. And my son explained to me the other day, he goes, I think it's really smart that we don't have Alexa. And I said, why is that? He goes, well, because Alexa listens to you and it listens to your conversations. And then as a result of that, the internet tries to sell you stuff. And I'm like, he might be onto something there. Yeah, so, so I, I'm not opposed to any technology. I, I think technology, in and of itself, is is agnostic. Like it doesn't know, uh, like it doesn't have an agenda until a human being gives it an agenda. And so uh, I'm excited by the technology. I played around with it a little bit in terms of doing some writing stuff and the image creation stuff. But I, I do think there needs to be. Uh, some safeguards put in place, and the only people that can do that is 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 the government. Yeah, back in two minutes on the run, don't you? Oh man, can you feel it? Spring is in the air, and that's why Les Schwab is doing the Les Schwab Spring Tire Sale. But do you know they also do other services there, from brakes and alignments to steering and suspension. Les Schwab has the expertise to help you keep you safe on the road. And right now, during that Les Schwab Spring Tire Sale, you can save up to a hundred and seventy-five dollars when you buy four select tires with Les Schwab financing. Best of all, when you buy your tires at Les Schwab, you also get their best tire value promise. That includes free flat repairs. I've done this. I've taken my car when I had a flat, and they they fixed it absolutely free. Free rotation, free rebalancing, and more. Schedule an appointment right now at LesSchwab.com, or you can just stop by any of the locations here within the sound of my voice. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Thanks, Les Schwab. Hey, you guys, we just want to take a moment to thank everyone that got their Ron and Don sit-down mug and their Ron and Don coffee pot in 2022 and here we come in 2023 what i mean by that whenever we sit down with somebody we give them a camp mug that says ron and don i sat down with ron and don and then after we've done a transaction where maybe we bought a piece of real estate together or we have sold a piece of real estate or invested in a piece of real estate then around this time of year we send them the coffee pot that says ron and don on it too that way we can't be forgotten that's correct if you want to sit down with us and talk about your real estate journey it's pretty simple takes 30 to 45 minutes it's absolutely free to do it and let's find out together if we would be a good team in 2023 to work toward whatever it is on your real estate quest. Yeah, there's two ways you can do this. They're both very easy. One is you can just email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. Just say, hey, Ron, uh, I heard you guys talking about the sit down. What do I need to do? Second thing is you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com, poke around the website a little bit, read up a little bit on uh, what people are saying about us, what our reviews are, what uh, more information there is, and you can schedule a sit down right there. Just hit the schedule a sit down button. All right. We'll see you guys at the sit down. And believe me, when you see us in person, yeah, we're as scary as we sound. <laughs> now back to the show. All right, you guys, back to the Ron and Don show. It seems like Florida has really become a fighting ground for ideas. And I think one of the reasons it's become a fighting ground, especially in the GOP, and you see Donald Trump, who now has he, – he used to live in New York, you guys. He knows that Florida, when he runs, is going to be very, very important. And the reason it's going to be important, because you have a guy by the name of Ron DeSantis down there who evidently is a pretty sharp – X, I think he was in the Navy, an attorney in the Navy. 
I have to say when he opens his mouth, because we've just seen a lot of pictures of him, but now he's opening his mouth and talking. Uh, there's a lot of things where I just I listen to that. And I'm like, wow, he's a very young politician and he needs to get in a room and work out some of these things that are it's easy for him to have mass appeal in Florida because you have a lot of families like my family who's from Illinois. They vacation in Florida, Arizona. And then a lot of times when their kids grow up, they end up moving there, especially the panhandle to maybe go to college, Florida State or Arizona State. Go there sometime. And, and, and when you're in that area in a restaurant or something, I want everyone to do this. Get on a plane, go to Arizona. This is, you have to do yeah, this. This is your homework. Go to a restaurant, start talking to college people that either, either work there or attending school there. You'll find out they call it the Midwest brain drain. It's people from Michigan. It's young people from Wisconsin, from Illinois, uh, throughout the Midwest. Many of them end up staying in those States. Their parents come down and visit. And then they end up buying, like Ron's parents live in Naples, right? They, they end up migrating. One of the reasons they migrate is because of the politics. They also migrate because uh, it's a little lighter on your pocketbook when it comes to um, the cost of living and when it comes to taxing Social Security and some other things. Although with hurricanes rolling through there, who knows? But you still see people... Moving to Florida in droves. So this is the battleground for Ron DeSantis. This is the battleground for Donald Trump. And now what we see coming out of Florida, and I don't want to make this too political and take a side and make you mad if you're a Trump person or someone else mad if they're a Biden or whatever you are. But I do think we need to be concerned about some of the things that are happening in school when it comes to reimagining our history and it comes to reimagining the way that we teach history. If you've ever been, especially in the South, you've looked at some of the history books, those history books were deeply influenced by sons and daughters of the Confederacy. They were literally the sons and daughters of the Confederacy of Confederate soldiers. Many of them, after they lost the war in the South, joined school boards. They became scoutmasters. They became pastors, right? And they became influencers about the way that books and information would be printed and shared. And so some of the real important information that is out there about African-American culture, and I'll just give an example. I'm about to take my son to New Orleans for the French Quarter Fest, as I share. I, I, I am going to take him around the city and show him some of the statues that are still there. And there's thousands of statues in the South. They haven't taken them all down. Of these Confederate soldiers, the Confederate, the Confederacy, and that battle lasted for three and a half years. Not that battle, that war. And but when you when you look at American culture, somehow slavery has, has infected and affected America uh, for over 400 years. There's no statues about that. They're trying to build some of those statues now. They're trying to reimagine Robert E. Lee. We pulled that thing down. Now what are we going to put up? to honor and include. Where these 4 million slaves were sold, you always hear, hey, uh, I feel like I was sold up the Mississippi. You hear that phrase? That's because slaves were sold up the Mississippi. Troopers, state troopers, state troopers, that's what they were called. That's where state troopers come from. They were hired by plantation owners to go up the Mississippi, find those slaves that ran away, bring them back where more slaves were being brought in. Uh, at the mouth of the Mississippi, you'd lose a hand, an arm, maybe be killed or hung in front of other slaves to let them know, hey, we're going to split up your families now. You're probably never going to see each other again. And if you run, this is what's going to happen to you. If you go to the banks of the Mississippi where I'm going to be for the French Quarter Fest, 
There's none of that. There's not a plaque. There's not a remembrance. There's not a noose. This is where we hung people. There's none of that. So I think what we see in black culture is black culture, African-American culture is saying, hey, we don't want to change history, but at least let's be accurate with it. And that's one of the reasons why some of the stories, including the story uh, Ruby Bridges is so important, Ron, and you have specifically the GOP saying, we don't want those stories taught in our schools to our kids. And for those of you who don't know, the, the, the story there is a movie, uh, a documentary about Ruby Bridges. She is still alive, by the way. She's 68 years old. And she was the woman that broke the race lines in New Orleans public schools. She had to be accompanied to class as a six-year-old by armed guards uh, so that she could break through the, the segregation line to attend school as a six-year-old. And so there was a documentary made about her, and it's been part of the curriculum of school districts in Florida for, for a long, long time, telling the Ruby Bridges story. And just what it was part of the civil rights movement, and it was a, a great way as a school child to affiliate with someone else that was a school child and imagine what it would be like if that was you. And so this year, a parent in Florida watched the first 45, 50 minutes, didn't watch the whole movie, watched part of the movie, and then filed a complaint that said, uh, I'm uncomfortable with this movie being shown because there are uh, racial epithets in this film, which happened in real life. It's a documentary. Uh, they, they, you know, that's what happened. And there's a famous painting from Norman Rockwell with the N-word scrawled on a wall because that's what happened in reality. And so to, to this particular woman who's still alive, I, like I said, and so this is the culture that we live in now. In order to not have someone possibly be offended by actual historical events, they are removing this film from the curriculum. And to me, it is a poster child, if you will, uh, of what I think is wrong with the evolution of our culture. In, instead of preparing your child that, hey, you're, when you go through life, there are going to be things that offend you. Here's how you deal with that. When, when you interact with an idea or a person that is different from yourself and, and you feel offended, this is what you do. Instead of doing that, we are bringing up a, a generation where it's like, you have the God-given right to never be offended. And if someone offends you, we get to write an email or a word and remove that uh, even if it's true, even if it's historical, you shouldn't be, you have the right to not be exposed to that. I think that's entirely the wrong message to live a fruitful life, uh, to live a life uh, th that is giving back to community, making uh, the world a better place. The idea that I should never be offended is the worst idea imaginable to me. Uh, it's just, that's not how life works. You have to interact with everybody as you go through life. You have to uh, know how to deal with anger or offense or when someone does something that you don't like. If you don't, if your stance is you can't do that, outward facing, I get to control your behavior. I get to control what other people say and do. I get to control what films get shown in a school district because I'm offended by it. That is the wrong message to send from either side, whether it's uh, Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, that that is not the America that I think we want. We want to equip people of all ages to say life doesn't always go your way. 
things are going to happen to you that make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel angry or that you disagree with. How are you going to respond to that? What is the best way to respond to that? What kind of society do we want to have when confronted with something that I disagree with or I'm offended by? Yeah, and I have to say, I really think that that's the way a lot of us just think. Whether you're on the right side, the left side, blue, red, somewhere in the middle, independent, I think we think that way. I, th- I think most of us do. It's it. It's not political. It's just kind of the right way to think, and 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 so by feeding this to what Ron DeSantis feels like the base, or the the same thing with Trump is they're going to fight over Florida here. Because uh, if you can't win Florida, I don't I don't think you can you you can win this election. If 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 you're on that side, if you're on your side, then you have to pivot and become. You, you have to have mass appeal for the rest of the nation. And, and Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump won't be able to double down on something like this and win because this isn't the way the rest of us feel. So that's what's going to be very hard and very limiting, I think, for the Republican Party if they say, you know what? We need to teach all the history, not just some of the history. And, and, that, and, 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 and that's what communities are asking for. Let's teach all the history. Let's teach the missing history. A lot Let's of things that are still, history. yeah, a lot of things that are in our history books are are influenced, and they're influenced by people that helped write these books a hundred, hundred fifty years ago. And it, it, it's time to update our history. The so. irony to me is that if you know anything about children. Um, the minute you ban something and let's just file this with like the Tipper Gore thing on music, how many kids now are seeking out this movie, seeking out the books that have been banned, uh, in Florida, because it's like, Ooh, now that's a little bit dangerous, a little bit edgy. I want to, I'm now I really want to learn that. So the, the irony is you're going to have children sneaking behind their, their parents and educators back to watch a documentary about what it was like to be a six-year-old breaking, uh, uh, you know, the segregation lines in New Orleans. That I find actually pretty satisfying. Yeah. All right, you guys, one more segment in one minute. All right, you guys, we're sitting here with uh, Mitch from Mitch.loans. And Ron, it's kind of weird. Mitch came in here with a leverage board, and he has a bunch of levers in front of him. What's going on here? That's right, Mitch. First-time homebuyers, I don't know if they understand they're using leveraged money to create wealth. Explain that. That's correct. So let's say on a million-dollar house, you put 20% down. Your investment is $200,000. When people talk about homes going up 20%, that's your home going from 1% to 1.2%. One million two hundred thousand dollars, right? So your investment of two hundred thousand dollars has turned into four hundred thousand dollars. You're doubling your investment. Your investment didn't go up twenty percent. Your investment went up a hundred percent. Right. And so when you talk about getting a loan, and even if you did less than that, so you put ten percent down, your money, your equity is even a greater position because you're able to get into a loan with less than twenty percent. Absolutely, one hundred thousand has turned into three hundred thousand. Right. So when uh, you talk to Mitch and you go to Mitch.loans, explore these options. Your down payment, what the projected increase in the house is going to be, and what your equity position will be down the road. Those are the kind of things that Mitch will walk you through when you do a process with him and you're going to get a loan. So start things off right now at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the final segment of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, hey, we're available. Ronandonsitdown.com. We can sit down and talk about your real estate journey today. Don't forget Mitch.loans. If you need a loan, 
Uh, and a lot of people are, are beginning to apply, get their file together so they're ready to go. It doesn't mean that you have to jump in and go buy a piece of real estate. You just keep your file updated with Mitch. And then when you're ready to go, whether it's six days from now or six months from now or a year from now, your file's updated, you're ready to go. And that's the mistake that a lot of people make when they go out to buy real estate and they get beat out. They're like, well, I wrote an offer. Yeah, but you didn't have your file together. You weren't underwritten. You weren't ready to go. And a lot of big banks out there will not underwrite you. They won't. Cost too much money. That's why I want you to reach out to Mitch at Mitch.loans, one of our great advertisers here on the Ron and Don Show. Before we get out of here today, uh, buy nothing. These buy nothing movements. I thought it was a great movement. And you could leave something on your porch for a neighbor and they would take it. You could trade. You could take something off of their porch. Ron, it seems like these buy nothing groups, though, are beginning to disappear. What say you and why? This seems like is, a great idea. This is a hugely ironic story. And it, it, it started here in Washington State, I believe out on Bainbridge Island. A couple women got together and they said, uh, wouldn't it be great? It was inspired by a trip overseas where people uh, reuse things and give stuff to their neighbors more freely. So it wouldn't be great instead of just throwing stuff away if we could just give away things to our neighbors. And so they went to Facebook, started creating these groups, and it was something where you were like, let's say, you know, your child outgrew their toddler clothes. And like, so instead of you would just put this on buy nothing and say, hey, I've got some toddler clothes here. My kid outgrew them. And someone in the group would say, oh, I I have a newborn. I would love those clothes. You would make an arrangement. It's your neighbor. They're in your neighborhood. And so you drop it off or they come pick it up. You strike up a conversation. A lot of good things would happen. So as this evolves... The two founders of this were like, I, they felt uncomfortable with the fact that Facebook was hosting it for the reason of, um, they said it was against sort of the spirit of the movement to have Facebook own all the contacts and be monetizing that right. by serving up ads and data mining the user groups. And they were like, we're uncomfortable with that part of it. Uh, and so what they tried to do is get some investors and create, take it off of Facebook and make an app to build a community around an app. And they got all kinds of vitriol and pushback uh, with Facebook, uh, with Facebook users. And, and one of the things that is a valid, a valid situation is if you put up your toddler clothes and you're in my, on Facebook, I can click on your profile and I can learn a little something about you. It's like, oh, this guy's a dad. Um, I can see where he works. He looks like a normal person. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting scammed. So that was the upside of it. So basically what, what happened, to make a long story short, is the app failed. Um, they basically were forced to shut it down. And so this Buy Nothing movement that had 7 million people worldwide that were part of Buy Nothing has now folded and other groups are trying to recapture the spirit of what they did. But I find it deeply ironic that people on Facebook being data mined for the profit of Facebook in a group whose mission was to recycle and give things away for free um, lost the group because they rebelled against using an outside app. Yeah, I just find you, that really you, ironic. You also have to be careful, too, because criminals out there will target you, especially people in the, in the buy nothing will say what they're doing. Hey, we're moving. They'll, they'll say, hey, we're going to be out of town, but, but uh, we'll be back and we'll put these on our porch on her. And, and what you're doing is you're letting those criminals have access to your home. Like they know... 
when to break in and take the stuff that they really want. And so you, you have to be careful with that. Even my next door neighbor, he was moving. And I said, he had all this stuff. And I said, you know, if you just take your stuff and you put it out in the front yard and you, and you put free on it and people will, will see some of the contractors over here and that you're moving and doing those things. When you get to that point, when you're putting lots of stuff out there and we've had clients do this, uh, our friend, our electrician, Mike Healy, his father had died. There's a lot of just big furniture that he didn't know what to do with. We put it out in the neighborhood. It's going to be free for the next 24 hours. People came and they got all that stuff. But I told Mike, before you do that, because we don't want to send a signal to the neighborhood that there's no one living at your dad's house, make sure there's nothing in the house of value uh, because this could be a signal to someone that, hey, these guys are moving. I wonder what's inside, why nobody's here. So, And they can check obituaries and do all kinds of crazy stuff. So I will tell you, even if you don't use the app, typically if you live in a neighborhood, you put stuff, have you done this? You put stuff, and I, I, my feelings get a little hurt when someone doesn't come and get the chair. And I'm like, wow, oh, that's a great chair and a good chair. And uh, So I feel like I need to make the sign bigger, sell it a little harder. I, 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 I do get judgy of the things my neighbors pick up and the things they don't. It can be a little heartbreak. <laughs> I, I've done it at times, uh, and I, I like the spirit of the idea. Um, sometimes stuff will get like a little bit out of control, where it's like, "Hey, I've got a free rock. I've got some uh, twigs for my backyard." It's like, I don't want your twigs. Like, no. don't don't go through the time to put that online. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, don't forget you reach out. We're available. Uh, 24-7 online, and you can make an appointment with us. Right? Yeah, ronandonsitdown.com. You can email me directly, ron at ronandon.com, if you just want me to deal with a human, and we can set up that Zoom call free of charge and see if we vibe with each other and make a good team. Yeah. Also, if you need help, if you're out there, if you're building something, you need an idea for contractors, I have someone right now uh, that's in contact. They're trying to build an ADU right now over in Renton, as I shared last week, and so we're having talks. I'm seeing what I can do to help to kind of fuddle their people their way. Our friend Todd Lee is building an ADU in his house, a house we bought last year. And he's like, yeah, I really want that second door on my property. Uh, so some of our teams are over there right now framing and building out this beautiful uh, ADU. So anyway, congratulations to Todd. Uh, he has some cool stuff coming up. And in fact, we're going to have him on our program to share with you uh, some of the cool coaching stuff he's going to be doing Um uh, and some of you may be able to benefit from it. Todd's really a great guy if you haven't met him before. So we'll do that in the coming weeks too. All right. Ronandonsitdown.com. Get signed up for the newsletter. Please give us a five-star review. That helps with the algorithm that keeps sharing the show. And the show as we head towards 2 million plays of the Ron and Don Show. Really amazing, you guys. So thanks for going on the journey with us. Don't forget tomorrow, Friday, a real estate-only show. It's just one segment. It's usually about 15, 17 minutes. And we'll try to share a story with you that will empower you in your real estate journey, no matter if you're just starting or you're downsizing or you're an investor, whatever that is. Uh, every Friday, look for that real estate-only show. So this show drops every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, real estate-only on Friday. Everything is at ronanddon.com. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time tomorrow for the real estate show. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>